welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am sitting here today with my esteemed and very knowledgeable colleague, Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm, I'm hot off a day of very, very big surgery. Yeah? What'd very, you do? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> I did a mastopexy and mm. a very large volume liposuction. That is a long day. It was. That it was is a lot. hard labor. I always like to joke that the surgeon loses more weight than the patient. <laughs> That's true. On these cases, because it is hard labor. It is, and uh, even with power assist and laser and all that stuff, it's still. It's like you got. <laughs> what did you just? I don't know. I was that <laughs> flicked a bug on you. <laughs> you just flicked that bug. On me. There's a little green fly bug. Better you okay. than me. <clears throat> he got caught in the arm hair and now he's he's perished. It's okay. But yeah, it is it is work. There's no there's no question about it. Even though we have technology for lipo has come a long, long way. Um, but that's what I did today. Well that is strong work. Maybe we should talk about post op care for liposuction. Maybe we should, because I also saw a post-op liposuction patient today who had some issues. So I think that it's a good thing to discuss, because the post-op care after liposuction, I would say, is critical. It's almost as important as the work done in surgery to get the best result. Definitely. This is one operation where if you just do the operation and hope for the best, you'll get a decent result. But you can really max it out with good post-op care. Good post-op care. That includes garments, uh, paying attention to uh, any kind of dense divots, things that you can massage out. Because the way way this heals, so liposuction, people think like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. Well, you're not. You're going to get smaller. That's what it does. Liposuction removes fat from unwanted areas that uh that make you smaller and that's it it isn't a way to lose weight people always say oh how much weight do you think i'm gonna lose i'm gonna say well probably nothing because half a pound yeah once it comes out it's not really that you've lost weight you've just lost fat and your body tends to replace that with water weight or something else so i i don't think this is a good way to lose weight but it is a way to get smaller and especially if in fo- the best candidates for liposuction are focal area you know that are like love handles right. saddlebags on the thighs you know, flappy arms, like things like that, where you can like point at it and suck it away. Right. Your overall good health, decent sized weight, not too overweight, you know, not too large, but there are just these areas that despite a good healthy diet and exercise, you just can't lose. So, although that being said, we do a lot of patients that are not (laughs) good candidates and they need large volume liposuction, of their whole body. Right. And we definitely do that too. Right. And like my case today, we did 4,700 or 4,800 cc's because the limit in the outpatient setting is 5,000 cc's, which is, by the way, a made up number. Yeah. It doesn't mean a whole lot because the thing with liposuction, when we're do before we even start the actual suction part of the case, we infiltrate fluid. It's called humescent fluid and it has lidocaine in it for post-op pain control and it has epinephrine in it, which constricts blood vessels and helps with post-op bleeding. So you can put varying amounts of fluid, but it's on the order of liters into the body that you then liposuction out with the fat. 
So that five liters that you're allowed to take out, we don't really know. Does that include the tumescent solution? Is it just the fat? Like it's kind of made up numbers. It is. But that being said, we we kind of know that once you start getting above five liters, the body does start going under fluid shifts. So fluid into the intravascular system, coming out of the intravascular system, regardless of whether or not you're suctioning out fat or fluid, these fluid shifts can create problems, especially in someone that may have a tendency to heart issues, what have you. Right, and if you're not in a hospital, which is why that recommendation was made, it was like an, basically an arbitrary number, but you know, is it, should it be five liters, six liters, or four liters, or whatever? It's kind of made up. Um, we do know that you do start to get more fluid shifts and start to get more problems. Um, so the, a lo- there is a movement now, uh, because that number was established, I think, in 1987 or 88. Uh, it was a long time ago. Uh, don't quote me on that part, but it was, it was not in the last two decades. Um, cause I remember it when I was like a medical student or, or, or early resident that where they said it's 5,000 in the outpatient setting. If you want to do more than that, you go to the hospital. And that was definitely like during my residency. Cause I did some big liposuctions, Pitts, Pittsburgh land of the big people. <laughs> so I did an 11 liter liposuction on somebody in McGee women's hospital that they stayed in the hospital for two nights concerned about fluid shifts, but you know, she made a lot of pizzas and she loved her pizza and <laughs> she was, she owned the pizza shop and she just said, I'm never going to lose this weight. And like, I want to do a large volume liposuction. I'll pay whatever it is to get in the hospital. So we did that. Um, and she did great, but I remember that back then. Now the, the argument for more volume in the outpatient setting is that the technology has changed. The, the technology of liposuction is different. The tumescent fluid, how it's used uh, the type of cannulas that we use, the the post-op care, the intra-op care, there's a, uh, a thinking that we could increase that number safely in the outpatient setting. But I, I told my friends who do this, then bring the data. You, you can't just, you're, it's not going to change without data. I agree. I mean, I kind of stick to five liters, five and a half-ish, you know, someone who's healthy, but really certainly no more than six outpatient setting, especially if what I'm taking out of a lot of is is actual fat. Um, So anyways, the point of that little digression is that when we put this fluid in afterwards, you're going to be really swollen. For You're sure. swollen from the trauma of the liposuction. Yes, these are little tiny incisions, but what we do to your body is traumatic. On the inside, we are beating the heck out of your little body and fat and soft tissue areas. There's so, a large metal rod being run being under your skin. Under skin, multiple, multiple times. It's, just, it's cruel, really, what we do. Um, I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's cruel. I think I mean, it makes people little, thin. They love yeah, it. They love it. Yeah, but if you actually watch someone do it, you're like, oh, it's a little barbaric. To quote one of my medical students who, uh, one of my friends who was a medical student, when he saw me taking a skin graft on a patient that was asleep, he goes, oh my God, if you were awake, do you think that would hurt? I was like, uh, yes. yeah, we're yes. slicing the skin off this person to put it on their burn. Yeah, I think, it would hurt I a think lot. it'll hurt. So I think it'll, the liposuction cannula running under your skin while you're awake. It hurts. That's going to hurt. So you have a lot of trauma, you have a lot of fluid in your body, and you're going to be very, very swollen. And so what do you do to manage this swelling? Well, the first day, the first 24 to 48 hours, you're going to drain, you're going to leak. All of that fluid that we put into your body, yes, most of it gets suctioned out, but not all of it. And so 
usually the first 24 hours, you will leak a decent amount of this fluid out of the tiny little incisions. And I intentionally don't make my incisions skin, 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 watertight. Like I leave them open a little bit just so that they can drain some of this fluid out. And when it comes out, it looks like cherry Kool-Aid, kind of a red, watery, thin looking fluid. It's not frank blood. And I get these calls. Oh my gosh, I'm hemorrhaging. You're not. It's not just blood. It's just fluid. red tinged fluid. And after about 24 hours, 48 hours, that drainage stops and it goes away completely. But you will still be swollen. For sure. And that swelling hangs around for quite some time. It hangs around for quite some time. That being said, I find that generally people notice a difference almost immediately in their overall size and shape, even with the swelling. But regardless, that swelling persists for sure the first couple of weeks. I say by six weeks, you're 90%-ish there. By three months, you know most of your swelling is gone. So the question becomes, how do you manage that swelling in that time period? Right, and you can use garments, which are very common to use mm-hmm. after liposuction. But I have a love-hate relationship. Yes, this has been a theme of mine. With garments. This month, um, garments. So... You know, the classic recommendation or what I've historically done is, you know, garments, garments, garments for six weeks. Um, You're going to live in them 24 hours a day. They're going to help with the swelling. They're going to help get all the contours how we like them. And for the most part, I stand by that. I love garments for the abdomen, for the back. I love them for the arms, even the breasts. I think they work really well. The area that I struggle with is the thighs, particularly the medial or the inner thighs. That is where I have seen some trauma from the garments. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if the gar- if the garments cause like a pinching or if it's too, you know, if it bunches or it's too tight somewhere, like you can get like dents and contour regularities mm-hmm. and, you know, they're, they're just a big pain. It's not the idea. You want things to look nice. You want things to look awesome. nice. And while you're healing and while everything's really swollen, if you have an area that's getting compressed in an odd way by the garments because it's bunched up and it's creating a dent somewhere, that dent will become permanent if it's created you know, during this healing time period where scar is forming and new attachments are being made. That can become a very permanent deformity. So I've... At least for the medial thighs, I've kind of moved away from garments because for some reason, the inner thigh, that skin is really thin. That tissue is really delicate. It can't take a joke. And that's just the most common area for garments to bunch up and ride when you're sitting, sleeping, etc. And, and it makes for like long-term problems. Like, like permanent, like permanent dense increases that were not there when the liposuction procedure was completed, but showed up after an aberrant garment you know, issue. So what I tell patients, it's like, I like the garments, but I hate the garments. And I'd like you to wear the garments like when you can for 16 to 20 hours out of the day. And I'd also love for four to six hours for you to not be in any garment. And that would like them to get in the shower and like wash and like marvel at their new contours. But at the same time, I also don't like them to go without garments for the first two or three weeks. Love hate. Love hate. Love it, hate. It really is because, you know, you get these big problems that if, you know, if the garments aren't right, so then I always, I evaluate, I tell them that if they shrink down, we'll get smaller ones. You got to be on top of it. It is an active part of the operation to manage the post-op edema and the compression that you use. I agree. And the other thing that I really encourage is post-operative lymphatic or um, post-liposuction massage. 
And I tell patients to start doing that as soon as they can tolerate it. Do they use a person for the massage or do they use a machine for the massage? I suggest people. You know, they, I, there's a couple places around town I recommend. And these are people that are specialist trained in doing post-liposuction massage. So they are very familiar with the techniques and with what they're supposed to do. This is not your typical, like, Swedish massage person. This no. is an actual, you know, liposuction, lymphatic massage person. And they work those areas that you've had liposuction in. And they get the fluid out. And they smooth out any contour deformities. Because your body, as it heals, as it forms scar, it can form little lumpy, bumpy areas. And that's what the massage does. It really works out those areas of scar that are forming before they become permanent long-term problems. Now, you can do it at home. You can get a little, um, you know, handheld massager type thing. You can do it yourself with you know, manual massage. Um, and that's a good adjuvant treatment, I would say, in between your person massages. The Yeah, I like person massages. I like lymphatic drainage. I like all that. And I do like machine massage that's done mm-hmm. for 20 minutes on the areas uh, with, uh, there's a couple of different massagers I would recommend. I'm not going to like shout out any brands right now. If anybody wants to know, then give me a shout. Uh, DM me through the... Uh, Instagram or something, but those massagers really do help and the patients can be actively involved in healing themselves. Yes. Agreed. When do you tell them they can get back to exercise? Cause that's the big <laughs> question. When can I exercise? Um, I say if they're not having problems, there's no fluid collections or seromas or anything like that. I'd say a couple weeks. Um, I do warn them, you know, expect more swelling after you work out, especially if you do anything more intense. So I, that's where I would recommend wearing a compression garment, really tight yoga pants, something to kind of keep everything tight and compressed when you exercise. Um, but you're not going to hurt anything. Nope. Not after liposuction. There's nothing that you really have to worry about other than being maybe a little more swollen after you work out. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I like to get them back pretty early, two to three yeah. weeks. It there's depends no how they're doing. You know, all this stuff is pretty fluid. Like, you know, there's there's this um, <laughs> this weird need of patients to have like absolute directions yeah. on on day fourteen. I'll begin exercise. It doesn't work that way. It, you know, it doesn't work that way. It, it isn't. There, there's no like decree from you know uh, on high of how to heal these operations. And that's why you have to be involved with your surgeon. Your surgeon has to be, you know, paying attention, looking at things. You have to be looking at things. If you, you know, notice stuff, then, then bring it up. But, you know, I think that the garments are, are important early and then less important down the road. I think that in that massage becomes important after, you know, three to two to three weeks, you know, and, and even more down the road too, because I, I don't think liposuction is totally healed until you're six to nine months out. Yeah, I'd believe that. I actually start my massage a little bit earlier. I say after a week, go for it. It's a little more painful. It's painful. It's painful. I'm like, yeah, take a pain pill and go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Beauty is pain. You're very tough. Suck it up. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. If it doesn't hurt, it's probably not very good. Um, But yeah, there's... uh, And then what about your dietary issues with patients after liposuction? So this is not the time to go like free for all with your diet because all of a sudden you've lost all the weight and you can now fit into your skinny jeans and you're super excited. Like slow your roll, 
what you eat, you will gain somewhere. And that's always the question, right? Well, I've heard that if you, you know, take liposuction from my stomach, then it's going to come back on my forehead or like someplace random. And it's like, it doesn't really work that way. But calories in equals calories out. And if you take in more calories than you burn, that fat is going to go somewhere. And it may go back to the place that we did the liposuction because you do still have fat cells there and your body historically likes to put fat there. Um, Or it may go somewhere different because you don't have as many fat cells anymore in the area we did liposuction. So yeah, maybe now it will go to your arms. But regardless, it's going to go somewhere. Yep. And it's not that the fat... Goes, goes there. It doesn't it's travel. That we've taken the fat away. You know, you have a. So this is a big. Here's a good, important teaching point. You have X number of fat cells in your body, and after you do liposuction, you got X minus liposuction fat number of cells and fat cells in your body, and you ain't getting any more. So when you take them away, they there aren't cells there to gain the weight. So but they can get bigger. The they cells can, can get hypertrophy. Bigger, but but you're you're down on the number of yes, cells. So you tend to look like you gain weight elsewhere. Elsewhere. Because you did. You did. Because the fat has to go somewhere at the end of the day. Um, in fact, my patient today was talking about her friend who said, make sure that he liposuctions the suprapubic region because my surgeon didn't do that. And, and after I had lipo of the abdomen and flanks, I gained weight. And then it looked like <laughs> I was a dude. <laughs> so she... <laughs> She was like, so you're going to do that, right? I was like, I got you. Yes. I put it on the consent. Mons pubis liposuction. Don't worry. Yeah, we got you. that's true. It, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. And if you don't address it, then yeah, whoop, there it is. And not cool. Uh, so yeah, diet, very important. Uh, exercise, very important. Follow-ups with your surgeon, very, very important. important. And, uh, and then garments as prescribed by your doctor. That's pretty much it. Cool. Well, good luck with it, everybody. And I hope my patient, who I sucked all that fat out today, does really well. And this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you in the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Ravello, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com and the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medispa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials, We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.